At this time, we want to take a moment to recognize all of our high school graduates and college graduates here at Woodland Baptist Christian School and Woodland Baptist Church. We do ask the parents and or spouse to stand when the graduate's name is called. Let's begin with our high school graduates. Mr. Joseph Acosta. Joseph is the son of Feliciano and Teresa Pachicano. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. He is a member of the journalism staff. Joseph plans to attend Bob Jones University to major in pre-dental or health science. Mr. Matthew Tyler Badger. Tyler is the son of Matthew Badger and Mary Rhodes. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends the Summit Church. He was on the varsity basketball team and is a member of the journalism staff. Tyler plans after, gradu after graduation are currently undecided. Mr. Romero Antonio Balderas Martinez. Romero is the son of Ramon Balderas and Antonia Martinez. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. He was on the varsity soccer team and the varsity baseball team. He was selected all state in soccer and all region in baseball. He is also a member of the, of the journalism staff and the monogram club. His senior superlative was most humorous. Upon graduation, Omero plans to attend the University, Universal Technical Institute in Moxville. Mr. Josue Bello Zaya. Josue is the son of Geraldo and Norma Bello Zaya. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Tabernaculo Agua de Vida Church. Whew. He was on the varsity soccer team, varsity basketball team, and varsity baseball team. He is also a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. His senior superlative was most athletic. Josue plans to attend Forsyth Technical Community College for two years and then transfer to Virginia Tech to finish his degree. Mr. Blake Lane Bryan. Blake is the son of Frankie and Tanya Bryan. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attend Freedom Baptist Church. He was on the varsity basketball team and a member of the monogram club, as well as the journalism staff. He was selected all region in basketball. Blake plans to attend Forsyth Technical Community College for a degree in business, at the same time attaining a certification to become a licensed electrician in hopes to start his own businesses one day. Ms. Laura Catherine Freeman. Laura is the daughter of Bradley and Kimberly Freeman. She will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Woodland Baptist Church. Laura was on the varsity volleyball team, varsity basketball team, and varsity softball team. She was selected all-state in softball. She's also a member of the monogram club and the journalism staff. Her senior superlative was best all around. Laura currently plans to attend Crown College of the Bible, majoring in elementary education and minoring in missions. She received a Chick-fil-A scholarship. Ms. Taylor Elizabeth Henley. Taylor is the daughter of Mr. Kyle Henley and Ms. Tracy Henley. She will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Trinity Baptist Church. She was on the varsity basketball team where she was chosen to the all-region team and the varsity soccer team. She was selected all-region in basketball as well. In addition, she is a member of the monogram club and the journalism staff. Her plans to, are to attend community college for one year, then transfer to West Coast Baptist College. She also received a Chick-fil-A scholarship. Ms. Jasmine Elizabeth Machado. Jasmine is the daughter of Jorge and Marta Machado. She will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. Jasmine was on the varsity volleyball, varsity basketball teams, and varsity soccer team. She was selected all region in volleyball. She's also a member of the monogram club and the journalism staff. 
Her senior superlative is most athletic. Jasmine plans to attend Forsyth Technical Community College for two years, then transfer to Winston-Salem State University for their nursing program. Mr. Julian Maya Galvez. Julian is the son of Juan and Erica Maya. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. Julian is a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. He was on the varsity soccer team and varsity baseball team. He was selected All-State in soccer. Julian will be attending Columbia International University and he plans to be a physical therapist. Julian received a soccer scholarship and an academic scholarship from Columbia International University. Ms. Kenya Miranda Mello is not here tonight. Let me give you the information from Ms. Kenya. Kenya is the daughter of Alberto and Leonor Miranda. She will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. She was on the varsity volleyball team, varsity basketball team, and varsity soccer team. She was selected All-State in soccer. She is also a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. Kenya's senior superlative was most humorous. She plans to attend the University of North Carolina at Wilmington and major in nursing. Kenya has received a merit-based scholarship to attend college. Ms. Karina Jasmine Molina Cortez. Karina is the daughter of Miguel and Esther Molina. She will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Gospel Light Baptist Spanish Ministry. She is a member of the journalism staff and her senior superlative was most likely to succeed. She is co-valedictorian of the WBCS class of 2021. Karina will be attending the University of Chicago to study sociology and political science. She was awarded the First Generation Scholarship and the Odyssey Scholar Scholar Scholarship. Mr. Ashton Trace Owen. Ashton is the son of Trace and Lisa, Lisa Owen. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Woodland Baptist Church. He is a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. He was on the varsity soccer team and the varsity baseball team. He was selected All-State in baseball. Ashton is co-valedictorian of the WBCS class of 2021. His senior superlative was most likely to succeed. Ashton will be attending the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, majoring in exercise and sports science, and Ashton received the Scott Ellis Scholarship. Mr. James Isaac Perkins. Isaac is the son of Keith Perkins and Sherry, Sherry Cotellis. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Woodland Baptist Church. Isaac was on the varsity basketball team and a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. His senior superlative was best all around. Isaac's plans are to be enroll, an enrolled agent for the IRS. Just watch out. <clears throat> Mr. Victor Manuel Piverall. Victor is the son of Victor and Dolores Piverall. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. He is a member of the journalism staff. Victor plans to enter for Site Technical Community, Community College to study HVAC. Ms. Jennifer Ray Rodriguez. Jennifer is the daughter of Raymond and Scotty Rodriguez. She will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Northwoods Baptist Church. She is a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. She was on the varsity volleyball team, varsity basketball team, and varsity softball team. Her plans after college are to attend a college and ultimately serving in missions. Jennifer is also a Crosby Scholar. Mr. Jacob Michael Sisk could not be here tonight, but let me read you his information. Jacob is the son of Michael Sisk and Alicia Sexton. He will graduate from South Stokes High School and attends Woodland Baptist Church. 
Jacob was on the varsity basketball team. His plans are to attend for Psy Technical Community College and major in business administration. Mr. Taylor Joseph Sutphin. Taylor is the son of Jason and April Sutphin. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Woodland Baptist Church. Taylor was on the varsity soccer team and the varsity baseball team. He is also a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. His senior superlative was most humorous. Taylor plans to attend Forsyth Technical Community College for two years, then enter a university to complete a degree in engineering. Taylor received the Reynolds Foundation Scholarship. Mr. David Velasquez. David is the son of Jaime and Francisca Velasquez. He will graduate from Woodland Baptist Christian School and attends Iglesia Bautista de Woodland. David was on the varsity soccer team, the varsity baseball, basketball team, and the varsity baseball team. He was selected All-State in soccer. He is also a member of the journalism staff and the monogram club. His plans are to attend ECPI University for three years and earn a bachelor's in electronics engineering. Now for our college graduates. Miss Leah Grace Childers. Leah Grace is the daughter of Tim and Lisa Childers. She will graduate from Surrey Community College with an Associate of Arts degree. Leah Grace was on the president's list and has been accepted into the, into the dental hygiene program at Forsyth Technical Community College. Mr. Nicholas Allen Clark. Nick is the son of Randy and Susan Clark. He will graduate from Winston-Salem State University with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration with a concentration in marketing. Nick is presently seeking employment where he can use his field of study. Ms. Miranda Hope Cook. Miranda is the daughter of Kent and Myra Cook. She will graduate from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, magna cum laude, with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Sociology and a Bachelor's of Science degree in Psychology. Miranda was awarded the UNCG Provost Student of Excellence Award, as well as two undergraduate and, and creativity awards. She will enter the Master of Arts program at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. Ms. Maria Starbuck Crawford. Maria is the wife of Tim Craw Mr. Tim Crawford and the daughter of Mr. John Starbuck. She graduated from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, magna cum laude, in December with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration. Maria works at Wake Forest School of, School of Medicine. On a personal note, she would like to thank Ms. Tapscott for being an inspiration and an encouragement to her throughout this journey. Ms. Caitlin Madison Rominger. Kaylin is the daughter of Travis and Regina Rominger. She will graduate from Surrey Community College with an associate's degree in applied science, medical assisting. Kaylin is president of the MASO Club and a member of the National Society of Leadership and Success. Mr. Jason Lance Sutphin. Jason is the husband of April Sutphin. He graduated from Forsyth Technical Community College in August 2020 with an associate's degree in business management and is currently pursuing a Bachelor of Science in Business Management at Western Governors University, which he will finish in August of 2021. Jason is a member of the Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society. He has received a, the Bryce and Isoria Gordon Scholarship and the, and the John T. Egan Jr. Scholarship and the NC Education Lottery Scholarship. Jason is currently a supervisor in R&D at R.J. Reynolds. Miss Molly Jean Sutphin. Molly is the daughter of Jason and April Sutphin. She will graduate from Salem College with a Bachelor of Arts in English with a minor in Creative Writing and History. 
Molly is Salem College SNCAE for the Student North Carolina Association of Education President, Off-Campus Association Honor Council Representative, and Old Salem Hidden Tower Project Researcher. She is also a member of the Alpha Lambda Delta Honor Society and the Founders Fellowship at Salem College. She will be employed at WBCS this fall. All right, let's give all these graduates a hand, if you will. Oh, my soul. After hearing about some of their accomplishments, you wonder how in the world they have time to do anything else other than to go to school. But I appreciate uh, these uh, young people, young lives, people that have gone on to better their education, and uh, we congratulate them and celebrate with them on their accomplishments. Right before the message now, we have a quartet from our Christian school that is going to sing for us at this time. And while they're coming, I guess we have time for a joke. Hey, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you being here tonight. I trust the Lord will bless our service and help us. I hate dead, dead silence during church. You know, 30 seconds of silence seems like five minutes, doesn't it? I don't know if you ever noticed that before. They're going to sing for us at this time.
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, how many of you brought your Bible tonight? We hold up the Word of God. Boy, I know these graduates have got their Bible tonight because we gave them one. And uh, so let's take our Bibles. Let's open them tonight to the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 49. And I want to read some verses here in just a moment and to share a thought not only with the graduates but also uh, with all of us that have gathered here for the service this evening. Of course, I'll be speaking to the graduates, but of course, I think we all know that the Word of God is good for all of us if we listen to it. So uh, how many of y'all got your ears on tonight? Amen. And uh, so let's grab our Bibles. Genesis chapter 49, page number 69, if you have an old Schofield Bible. And I'd like to read some verses here in just a moment. All right? Don't forget our service again Sunday morning at 8 and 10, sandwiched in between Sunday school at 9, and then back again Sunday afternoon at 5.30. And uh, if you don't have a church home, again, we'd like to invite you to come visit with us. And we're looking forward to the Lord's Day. I worked on my message this, mor uh, this morning that I'm going to preach Sunday morning, and I'm not real sure all I'm going to say about it, but I'm looking forward to hearing it. And uh, so I hope you'll come. Join in with me, and we'll find out what the, what the preacher's going to say on Sunday morning. You know, politicians used to worry about what the preachers would say in pulpit on Sunday morning, but I don't think they give a hoot no more to y'all. But I tell you what, man, we got to keep the heat up on that crowd and to keep preaching truth. And just so if y'all will come, I'll do my best, Lord willing, to preach the truth this coming Sunday morning. Well, why don't we do this? Let's pray and we'll have the message. Father, bless your word tonight. Thank you for letting us be here. And I pray that you'd use the word of God to challenge these graduates, but not just challenge them, but challenge all of us to do our best to live for God in the time that we have allotted to us in this walk of life. We never know when our time is going to be up. We're not even promised tomorrow. Life is short. Thinking about this dear family today, man at work gets the call. His life will never be the same now. Life is short. It's like a vapor. And God, if we're going to ever do anything for you, we better do it while there's time. So bless your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were graduating from high school uh, this year, then what that means is most of you were probably born in the year of 2003. 2003. This is now 2021, and we gather to celebrate with these graduates. Let me just bring you up to date on some of the things that happened in the year 2003, the year that most of you were born. First of all, George, I'm sorry I ever voted for you, Bush, was the 43rd president of the... Can I have an amen? Anyway, he was the 43rd president of the United States. And Dick Cheney was the vice president. And incidentally, one of the things that happened that year, for the space of about four hours, Dick Cheney was actually the president of the United States. For some reason that year, George W. Bush had to have surgery, had to be placed under anesthesia. And when that happened, he transferred the presidential powers over to Dick Cheney for four hours. So four hours, Dick Cheney was the, uh, was the 44th president of the United States of America. That year, 2003, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Ravens to win Super Bowl 37. Uh, the, in the World Series that year, the Florida Marlins defeated the New York Yankees, hallelujah, in six games to win the World Series. 
in 2003, an asteroid the size of a football field barely missed planet Earth at a distance of only 75,000 miles away. Come pretty close. Asteroid the size of a football field almost hit the Earth the year you were born. The year you were born, it took 16 seconds for a web page to download. Unbelievable. Uh, in the year you were born, the Pentagon opened back up in September after being hit by the terrorist in 2000, uh, uh, on 9-11-2001. The year you were born, minimum wage was $6.75 an hour. Gold was $342.75 an ounce. And gas was $1.61 a gallon. Oh, for the good old days. Oh, yeah, one other thing happened in 2003, and that was this. That was the year most of y'all were born. When you were born, you were wrinkled, red, bald, toothless, couldn't hardly see, were crying and complaining, didn't have one stitch of clothes on. Now, after all these years, we can certainly see that change, things have changed. At least you've got clothes on now. But enough about the year that you were born. This is now 2021, and you're graduating from high school or, for, uh, for, or from, uh, from college. What that means is this. If you're the average graduate from high school, then you have spent 13 years of your life now in school. That comes to 2,340 days or about 18,720 hours that you've been in school if you're the average teenager. If you're the average teenager, you've slept. 52,560 hours, most of that in school. 52,560 hours. If you're the average teenager, you've watched about 12,173 hours of television. You've ate 7,488 hours, mostly pizza. If you're the average teenager, you'll probably live to be around 78.1 years old. And if you're average, you'll probably make around $1,978,000 in a lifetime. And if you're average, you'll spend about $1.7 of that. And might I just add, you won't know what happened to the other $200,000 when you die. Now, out of everything I've just told you, the word that I kept mentioning was the word average. In fact, if I counted it twice, I've done used that word seven times thus far in this sermon. Average. Being average. Well, tonight, I want to speak on this subject right here. I want to speak on the subject of not your average Joe. Not your average Job. Let me read for you the story now of a man by the name of Joseph. I'm going to call him Joe who arose above the mediocrity, the averageness of life, and excelled in life, which is exactly what I want to challenge these graduates to do. So let's read now Genesis 49. Look at verse number 22, and here's what the Bible said about a boy by the name of Joseph. The Bible said this, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a whale, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength. And the arms of his hand were made strong by the mighty hands, by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, Blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. 
The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors under the uttermost bond bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Now, reading all that, you're probably scratching your head saying, Preacher, what in the world does that have to do with these graduates who are graduating tonight? Well, the thing that we find about this old boy by the name of Joseph, I refer to as Job, is the fact that he wasn't content just to be average. Can I tell you something about average? Being average is just as close to the bottom as it is to the top. And the sad thing about so many people in our day is they're just content on being average. Well, as you sit before us tonight, one door is closing in your life. You are shutting the door on your high school education or, as the case may be, your college education, and you're now moving out into your life. You're either furthering your education by moving on or else you're getting a job and are going to begin to make your way in life. But I just want to challenge you tonight using the story of this boy by the name of Joseph. And I want to challenge you tonight, don't set out just to be average. Don't set out just to make it. Hey, why don't you set out to thrive and to, revive, uh, to, uh, to rise above the mediocrity of life? Why don't you determine by the grace of God that you're not just going to be your average Joe? Now, of course, I'm referring to Joseph here in our text. And let me say this. He was not your average Joe. And the Joe that we're thinking about tonight was a Joseph that God used to influence an entire world. Joseph was a man that was mightily used of God. Joseph was a man who was greatly blessed of God. And just let me say, God is no respecter of person. If he blessed Joseph, he'll bless you. If he used Joseph, he'll, he can use you. If he used the influence of Joseph to save an entire world, what can God do with your influence if you resist mediocrity and rise to the cream, to the top of life and, and determined by the grace of God, you are going to make a difference. What can happen with an individual that makes up his mind, I'm going to make a difference? So I want us to study tonight in these, these verses, if you'll join me in verse 22 and following, let's talk a little bit about Joseph's life. Let's talk about this young man who rose above all the mediocrity of his day and served God and enjoyed the blessings of God on his life. First of all, I want you to look at verse 22, and I want to talk, number one, a little little bit about the hardiness of old Job. The hardiness of Job. Now, if you look in verse 22, we have the story of a vine. Of a vine. That's right. Just like a vine you see growing up a wall or a vine, uh, you know, that's growing in a field up a tree. We're, we're told in verse 22 about a vine. But the one thing we come to understand about this vine in verse 22, that it wasn't your average vine. It just wasn't uh, the run-of-the-mill vine. It was a vine that was vibrant. It was luscious. It was green and it was growing. Evidently, this vine was huge and this vine just kept thriving and prospering and flourishing. This vine just kept on growing. And then we're told in verse 22 that Joseph is like a fruitful vine. Look again at verse 22. The Bible said Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a whale whose branches run 
over the wall. You know, no matter what happened to old Joseph, he kept on thriving, he kept on growing, and he kept on prospering. What I mean by, by all that is he just couldn't be stopped. And I want to point out, if you'll look at verse 22, I want to talk about two things about this vine. First of all, notice, if you will, number one, the extent of this vine, his hardiness. Verse 22, we're told about this vine, how that it ran over the walls. What, it, what that simply means to me is this vine just couldn't be contained. They built walls around this vine. They were trying to close it in. They were trying to cut it off, and yet the vine just wrapped its tentacles around the wall and climbed over the wall. No matter what happened to it, it kept thriving. It was a healthy, a vibrant vine, and it kept outgrowing the space that it was in. And then we're told in verse 22, that's what Joseph was. Joseph was like a very, very fruitful vine. His impact, his influence couldn't be contained by four simple walls. No matter where he was, no matter what happened to him, he kept growing over, outgrowing what had confined him, what had hemmed him in, and he used his influence for the glory of God. And his impact and his influence was felt around the world. Now, let me tell you about Joseph's life. It basically revolved around four different houses. First of all, there was the house of his parents. Second of all, there was Potiphar's house. Third of all, there was the prison house. And fourth of all, there was Pharaoh's house. Now, you think about that. In his parents' house, he flourished with 11 other brothers that 10 of those brothers hated him with a passion. And yet, everything that went on in his parents' house, he flourished, he prospered, he, he grew. And then he went to Potiphar's house. There he was sold into uh, Egyptian slavery. And there in Potiphar's house, he was accused of trying to sexually assault Potiphar's wife. And yet, there in Potiphar's house, the Bible said that God was with him and God used him. So in his parents' house, in Potiphar's house, and then, of course, we know he spent time in the prison house. For two years of his life, he dwelt in the prison. And yet, even in the prison, he prospered, he flourished, he grew, even in the prison. And finally, we know the story of what happened to him in Pharaoh's house, how that he became second in command of the entire world. I'm just trying to say, no matter what happened to him, he was like a vine. He, he kept thriving and growing and flourishing. God enlarged the influence and the impact of his life. And if God did that for Joseph, what can God do for somebody that'll yield themselves to him and surrender to him? Yeah, I'm talking about the extent of this vine. It just couldn't be held back. It just, it just would not accept no. It would not accept walls. It grew over. I'm talking about the extent of this vine. But I want you to look again at verse 22 because we're not only told about the extent of this vine, we're told about the energy of this vine. In other words, why did this vine just keep prospering? Why did it keep flourishing? Why did it keep growing? What was so unusual about this vine? Well, if you'll look at verse 22, we're told what made this vine so vivacious. We're told in verse 22 what it was that kept this vine growing even in the most difficult of times, what it was that energized this vine. Now, if you look at verse 22, read with me, Joseph is a fruitful bow, and then it says this, he's like a fruitful bow 
By what? By a well. Now, you and I know that if any kind of plant life is really going to thrive and if it's going to prosper, the one thing it's got to have is an ample supply of water. You know, the reason in the desert all you got is tumbleweed and cactuses is because there's very little or even no moisture and nothing can grow there. Nothing can thrive there with the exception of plants who need very little water. Everything must have water to grow. Well, we're told in this text that this vine was by a well. And evidently this vine had ran its, its, its roots deep into the soil. And because it, had, it was located by a well, it continued to thrive. It continued to grow and to prosper because it was planted by a well. Now let me tell you about old Joseph's life. The reason that Joseph's life was so blessed by God is because Joseph stayed near the well. He stayed near the well. Can I tell you what a well is? A well is a picture of the presence of God. Nobody can argue that Joseph's entire life, he lived his entire life with a consciousness of the presence of God in his life. No matter where he was, no matter what was going on in his life, he always positioned himself in the presence of of God. Let me give you a good verse that goes along with this. In Psalms chapter 1 and verse 2, the Bible said, speaking about the godly man, the man that, that honors God, the man that is blessed by God, we read these words, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The next verse says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And the Bible tells us that his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's a commentary on the life of old Joseph. Joseph was like a planted by a river of life, and God blessed his life because he positioned himself near the well. Boy, if I could challenge all of you tonight, all of us in this building, I'm telling you, if we're going to be blessed of God and God is going to greatly use us and use our impact and our influence on this world, we're going to have to position ourselves near the well. Many in our day, many in our day want the fruitfulness part. They just don't want the faithfulness part. They want the blessings of God, but understand this, if you're going to, and I are going to enjoy the blessings of God, we've got to position ourselves in a place where God can and will bless our life. We can't go out of here and just live like we want to live and do what we want to do and never, uh, never give God a second thought and expect God to bless our life. Brother, if God's going to bless our life, we've got to position ourselves near the well, near His presence. You and I will never be able to survive in this world on the stagnant waters that this world has to offer. I was going, I was going to preach over in Tennessee not long ago, and for some reason, I always usually go around Highway 81 since I live up that way and come down, but for some crazy reason, I decided to go through Asheville and wrap my way through that mound. That's stupid to go through there, but I did anyway. And uh, so uh, as I was driving through there, one of the places you've got to pass, long about exit 90, 91, there's a place up there called Lake James or St. James Lake or something like that. 
And when I got to that exit, there was a huge billboard, and they were advertising property around the lake that was for sale. And here's what the billboard said. Location, location, location. Can I tell you what life is all about? Location, location, location. You and I, if we choose to locate our lives near the well of God's presence, there'll be an ample supply of water to nourish, her, nourish us, to prosper us, to bless us, and we can thrive no matter what happens to us. But if we plant ourselves out in a desert where there's no moisture, all we're going to do is be a piece of tumbleweed blown about in this world by the devil. Any place you and I choose to live our life other than by the well, it will result in dehydration, deprivation, and suffocation. I would encourage you when you leave this place, stay near the well. Stay near the presence of God. If we want God's blessings, we've got to put ourselves in a position where God can bless our lives. Amen. The hardiness of Joseph. He was like a bow, a fruitful bow, planted by a whale. Hardiness. Boy, that's a good word to describe Joseph's life. Boy, I wish that word could describe my life. When it comes to God and living for the Lord, I want to be hardy. Amen. I want God to bless my life, and I want the Lord to, to use what little influence I've got, an impact that I can make. Oh, God, use us but we're going to have to be near the well. The hardiness of old Joe. Let me talk, number two, not only about the hardiness of old Joe, but number two, I want to talk about the heaviness of old Joe. Now, I've made it sound like that Joseph had the, the Midas touch, that everything he touched turned to gold. Remember the fairy tale? Was it Aesop's fairy tale about the man who desired the touch and everything he touched, he desired for it to turn to gold. Remember the story? Well, I've made it kind of sound like everything Joseph touched just turned to gold. But there was a time in his life that he had the Midas touch all right, but it didn't turn to gold. It turned into a muffler. I mean, he, he, he didn't, his life was not perfect. I mean, he had real difficulties and adversities that he had to overcome in life. You know, I wish tonight that I could stand up here and look these teenagers and graduates in the eye and say, man, life's just one piece of cake. There's never going to be any bad days in life. Don't worry about it. You'll never lose your job. There'll never come a financial reversal. You don't have to dread, uh, hear the dreaded C word. Divorce will never be a part of your life. I mean, there'll never be days of, uh, of no sunshine. Life from here on out is going to be peachy keen. But you know what I'd be doing to these graduates? I'd be lying to them if I told them life was like that. Can I say out of these 24, 25 graduates tonight that are here, there's going to be some dark days for these young men and women. There's going to be some days when the doctor's report will come back with bad results. There's going to be some sitting right here that might not live out half the days of their life. There's going to be some of these young people, as sad as it pains to say this, there's going to be some young people that's going to catch their spouse involved in some kind of an unfaithful relationship. There's going to be some hard days in the, head, the lives ahead for these young people. There's going to be some great reversals in their life. 
Now, I just want to say, life's not fair. There's nowhere in the Bible that Jesus said life is fair. And this crowd that's walking up and down the street, man, they want justice. I thank God I didn't get justice. I'm glad I got mercy and didn't get justice. But where in the Bible does it say that life is going to be fair? Jesus said just the opposite. He makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He causes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. And just because you and I make up our mind that we're going to live for God doesn't mean that we're going to be exempt from problems. And a good case in point is this old boy by the name of Joe. Boy, I'll tell you something. God had blessed his life. God had greatly used him. But can I tell you, boy, he had some battle scars. I tell you, he had some, he had some wounds in his life. He had some scabs. He had some tough times in life. If you don't believe it, read verse 23. Verse 22 makes it sound like everything's going great in his life. Verse 24, verse 25, verse 26 makes it sound like, man, what a life he lived. But you've got to include verse 23 in this as well. And verse 23 says this, the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Oh, can I say that he enjoyed great heartedness but he also had to endure some great heaviness in life. And just because you and I try to live for God and do what's right does not mean that we won't get shot at. Now, hopefully not with a real gun, but does not mean that we won't get shot at. Does not mean, verse 23, that we won't get hit. Does not mean, verse 23, that we won't be hated because I'm telling you something, the hardness of Joseph came after the heaviness of old Joseph. Let's face it, friend, life's full of a lot of hurts. There's a lot of uphills in life. There's a lot of pain that goes along in life. About the time you think you got everything figured out and things are moving in the right direction, life comes along, hits you right in the gut, knocks the breath out of you. Something comes along and just rips the rug right out from under you and you find yourself uh, flat on your back. Life is not fair. There are going to be people that are going to shoot at you. There are going to be times that you're going to get hit. There are going to be those that for some reason or another hate you. But don't let that drag you down. Use that to soar higher with God. Old Joseph, with all of that adversity, with all of that heaviness in life, we could have understood if he had just thrown up his hands and quit. We could have understood if he had just gotten bitter at God. And, and I mean, just walked away from God. But through it all, through all the difficulties and all the problems of life, Joseph stuck in there and lived for God. And I want to encourage you. I don't know what in your future. I hope it's nothing but the mightest touch of gold. But let's just face it. There's probably going to be some mufflers in your life. But when the mufflers come, serve God anyway and stay close by the well because it's all about location, location, location. Can I have an amen? The heaviness of Job. I heard the story one time about this man. He got a, had a sick mule and uh, didn't know what was wrong with it. So he carried it to the, to the doctor. And his doctor was like a medical doctor, but he examined old mule said, I do the best. And he said, well, I, here's what I think's wrong with your mule, and here's what you got to do to get it better. 
and he subscribed three of these huge pills that the mule was supposed to take. And uh, he said, Doc, how in the world am I going to get this pill down the throat of my mule? He said, well, here's what you do. He said, get you a pipe, stick it down the throat of your mule, stick a pill in the end of that pipe, and <laughs> blow it in there, and it'll go down. Well, the next day, the old boy come back to the doctor. He was white as a ghost. I mean sick. I mean, he said, I've been up thought. He said, what, Doc, what in the world? And the doctor looked at him and said, I, he said, I, what happened? He said, Doc, I did just like you told me to do. He said, I went home. I got me one of them pills. I inserted a, a, a pipe down the throat of my mule. I stuck the pill in there. And he said, I started to blow. But the mule blowed first. <laughs> Can I tell you something about life? There's going to be some bitter pills you got to swallow. Can I describe Joseph's life just a little bit to you, talking about his heaviness? Can I tell you that his mother died at an early age and he was raised by three stepmamas that didn't tend to like Joseph very much? Can I tell you that he had a, ten other brothers in his family that hated him with a passion? Can I tell you that oftentimes not even his own daddy understood him? Can I tell you that he was, he, was, uh, he was put in a pit and they were going to kill him? And Reuben talked, one of his brothers talked the other nine out of killing him. And they eventually sold him into slavery. And for 20 years, he never saw home again. He went to Potiphar's house, sold into slavery, worked there as a slave or a servant in Potiphar's house away from his dad for 20 years. Potiphar's wife come in one day and saw him and thought he was a, in the Hebrew word, that he was a real hunk. Grabbed him by the coat and tried to drag him off into the bedroom. And you know the story. He left his coat and ran out of the house. He lost his coat, but he kept his character. She accused him of trying to sexually assault her. He was falsely accused, lied upon. He was found guilty of a crime that he did not commit, was thrown into the innermost jail and stayed in jail for two full years, accused of a crime that he did not commit. He was forgotten by the butler. Let me say it like this. He was, uh, he was forsaken by his brothers. He was framed by a broad, and he was forgotten by the butler for an outline. You talk about an old boy that had a hard life. I know some of y'all have had a hard life. You've been brought up in a home of a second, or maybe even a third marriage. You've uh, struggled with a, a parent that didn't understand. You've been through some tough times. You've had some battles, some scars. But can I tell you something? Don't let the heaviness of life keep you from the hardiness of life. You may tell you how he kept thriving through all of that situation. You may tell you how he kept growing and prospering. Watch this. Listen, he was well prepared. Can I have an amen? amen. He was well prepared. Location, location, location. He was well prepared. It's all where you choose to locate your life. So we've talked about the hardiness of old Joe and the heaviness of old Joe, but I want to close with this. What about the happiness of old Joe? You say, preacher, what happened to him? Oh, I'm glad you asked. 
Look in our text. Here's what happened beginning in verse number 24. All that bad stuff happened, verse 23. But the Bible said his bow abode in strength. You know why? The Bible said the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Oh, he chose to locate himself near the well. He stayed in the presence of God. And then we read verse 25. Look at this. I'm not sure I understand all this. Look at verse 25. Even by the God of thy Father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep life that lieth under, blessings of the breast, and of the... I don't understand all that. But I tell you what, I like the sound of it. I don't understand what all God's talking about there, but it sure does sound like to me God's going to bless his life. Look at verse 26. The blessings of thy father. So now Jacob's talking about himself, and he just said, Now, son, look. And this is Jacob talking to Joseph. And he said, Now, son, look, man, I have excelled. The blessings that have been on my life have been more than the blessings that were in the life of my daddy and my grandpa. And his daddy and grandpa was Abraham and, and, uh, and Isaac. And he said, Boy, God has blessed me more than he blessed my daddy and he blessed my grandpa. But then he said this, But your blessings are even going to be greater than my blessings. Look at me. Look at me. Don't you think he's happy now? I mean, when God is, is putting all these blessings upon him, don't you think he's glad he stuck it out in the hard times? Don't you know that he was glad that he chose to plant himself by the well? I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it a hundred times again. Most times I say it at funerals. But can I tell you something? The devil don't have no happy old people. Ain't no such thing in the world, excuse my English, as a happy old man that served the devil all of his life. No such thing as that. And if you and I want to enjoy the happiness and the blessings of life, you and I are going to have to position ourselves near the well. And I want to close with this final thought, but I want you to look at this. This blessed my heart. Look at verse 26. God, uh, Joseph, Jacob is telling Joseph, the blessings you're going to have are going to be greater than the blessings that I had. The blessings on my head have been wonderful, unbelievable, but God's going to put even greater blessings on your head, verse 26. But can I really show you what happened? Here's one of the reasons why. The Bible said, Joseph, last phrase, was separate from his brethren. You know what? That tells me he made up his mind. He wasn't going to go the way that they were going. He made up his mind that he wasn't going to live like they lived. He made up his mind he was going to be different. He made up his mind he was going to march to the beat of a different drum. He made up his mind they could do what they wanted to do, but he was going to go on and serve God and be separate. Boy, I'll tell you what. His brothers. Man, they're some real rascals, wasn't they? Simeon and Levi killing all that whole town of the Shechemites. Reuben going to bed with one of his daddy's wives. Oh, brother, you talk about a crowd. They were a crowd. But here comes Joseph. It'd been easy for Joseph just to fell in with the rest of that crowd and live like they live. But Joseph said, no, 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 that's not me. I'm not, I'm not going that way. I don't choose to live like that. I choose to be separate from my brethren. Now, here's my last spill, and I'm almost done. But I tell you, bless your heart, I get so... I, this is my 24th baccalaureate service. And I hope before I 
retire from being a pastor that I understand what a baccalaureate is. This would be my 25th one, but we didn't have one last year. So this is my 24th baccalaureate service. 24. And in every baccalaureate service at the end, I just go off on it. But I got to. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing kids come through our school here that we, we preach to, pray for, get involved in their lives in. They walk across our platform, graduate from our Christian school, and go out and live for the devil. Wasn't too awful long ago, somebody came to church here and, and said, you know, I was at a restaurant the other night, and they said uh, it was so many number year of graduation. You know how the classes get together every, is it five years or ten years or whatever? And he said it was a certain number graduating class from Woodland Baptist Christian School. And I graduated in that class, so I went to the, to the, the class reunion of that year's graduation. And he said, out of all the graduates that were sitting there, me and one other person were the only people there that weren't drinking alcohol. I thought, boy, I'll tell you what, man. Thank God for Christian education. My hind leg on that. Don't you think it's about time that some people walked across this platform, took a diploma from Woodland Baptist Christian School and went out here and maybe don't live for the devil, go ahead and live for God? Hey, if you want the blessings of God on your life, get near the well, but stay separate from the rest of this crowd. You can't, you can't live like Reuben and sleep around. You can't, you, can't, you can't kill like Simeon and Levi. You can't live like Naphtali and Gad and Reuben and Ash and the rest of that crowd. And God bless your life. There's going to have to be a point when you make up your mind, I'm different. You do what you want to do. I'm going to live for God. And that's the story of Joseph. He was separate from his brethren. He made up his mind. He wasn't going to live like them. Amen and amen, preacher. If we're saved, man, we ain't supposed to live like that crowd. Man, next time you see some of our graduates, they got hair down their back, tattoos and piercings all over the... What happened? I'll tell you what happened. They got out here in the world and started acting like the world. And you don't have to like that, but you're here tonight to hear me. I didn't come to hear you. It's about times that people made up their mind, I'm going to go out here in this world and I'm going to be separate from this crowd. I'm going to live for God, plant myself near the well, and they can do what they want to. I'm going to serve God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I'm, I'm done now. I'm through ranting about all that, so let's move on. This is it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, time will tell. When I see you in a year, what are you going to look like? Hey, when I see you 10 years, if I'm alive, if I see you in five, if I'm at a restaurant and this is the 60, 75, 76, first graduating class, 86, 96, 2006, 2016, 2000. When you're the 50th year graduating class from Woodland Baptist Christian School and y'all having a big class reunion, and I'm sitting over there, I ain't got a tooth in my head. And I'm in a, somebody rolls me in in a wheelchair. And I sit over there and I say, I'm new, I used to know about Wim Baxter. 
and y'all are there celebrating whatever anniversary it is, how many of y'all going to be sitting there not drinking? How many of y'all are going to keep dear and near what you learned every, every Tuesday in these chapel services? How many of y'all are going to use them Bibles we gave you tonight? Or is it just going to be something you're just going to throw aside and get out of there? Man, I got this when I graduated. What are you going to do with your life? What's going to happen to you in 10 years, 20 years? And, and I see you. Hey, Blake, how's it going, man? What's, what's going on in your life? Well, Miss Laura, what's happening? Well, I'm on my fifth marriage now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm trying to beat the woman at the well. Been married five times. I'm living with somebody. Not you wouldn't do that, and I'm not saying that. But I, God help us, man. Life's about choices. And you can choose to be near the well and stay separate from this crowd and enjoy the blessings of God on your life. Or you can go out here and go the same way everybody else is going if you want to. But I hope God will remind you on a baccalaureate, whatever that is, service, when a preacher stood up and said, if you want God's blessings, you can have them. But it's all about location, location, location. What are you going to do with your life? Let's pray. Lord, thank you.